Jamaican-born Dr. Alvin Curling, Order of Ontario CD, was a former Canadian ambassador and minister of government, the first black person to serve as a cabinet minister in the provincial parliament. He was elected Speaker of the Legislative Assembly of Ontario on November 19, 2003, and became the first black person to be so elected. Dr. Curling was educated at the University of Technology in Jamaica, Seneca College of Applied Arts and Technology and Atkinson College at York University in Toronto. Dr. Curling was the president of World Literacy of Canada and co-authored of the Review of the Cause of Youth Violence Report along with former Chief Justice Roy McMurtry. Alvin Curling was honored by the City of Toronto with a street in Scarborough bearing his name, Alvin Curling Crescent. The Alvin Curling Public School was also named in his honor for his contribution in education. Dr. Curling was the keynote speaker at the 11th Annual International Charles Town Maroon Conference and Festival on 23 June 2019 at the Asafu Yard Charles Town, Portland, Jamaica. The theme of the conference and festival was peace. His speech follows. Thank you very much. What an honor and what a privilege to be here today. And I just want, before I start, to recognize uh, and to pay respect to, to the Honorable Edward Siago, who today, and ask that we maybe have a moment of silence in recognizing the, the contribution that he has made to the Amenities Funeral Hotel. I have just a moment of silence. Thank you. Thank you very much. As I said, it was a great, and it is a great pleasure to be here. This is the first time I've visited this part of, of Jamaica really important here. But the fact is that I have been uh, around Jamaica quite long. I was born in Jamaica, so most people ask me if I'm Jamaican, which is the first thing I said to myself. Something went wrong, they have to ask if I'm Jamaican. So I've got to make sure that I try some language or some, I do some cultural stuff to say, well, he must be from Yard. So he must be a Jamaican himself. It's rather interesting, actually, but uh, I just want to pay some respect to some folks. Uh, and I know that um, Kofi and Martin is here, who had um, dragged me from Kingston this earlier this morning so that I could be here. So I want to thank them just for being arrived, arrived here itself. So thank you very, very much. And his wonderful son, Kofi, you, yeah, who was there too, to. Uh, Company meeting from Kingston, which I really greatly appreciated itself. And I also would like to recognize our great chief, Latin Chief, Master Kim Douglas, Colonel. Colonel, I want to say to you, thank you for your hospitality. I want to wish you well in the endeavors that you have in carrying out this rather challenging and of course, important role uh, of your tenure while you are chief uh, and uh, colonel. But I also want to tell you too that I wish you a long reign in, this, in the post of a colonel. And this will be done in the, in the cooperation of your people and the, 
the knowledge that you bring to this wonderful institution itself. I want to also to recognize a very dear friend who has invited me here today. And uh, we go back so far, and I want to say the famous lady, the remarkable work that you're doing, the contribution you're making is thus well recognized, and sometimes we do this in silence and feel that no one else is around noticing it all. But sometimes the ideas are much more effective than sometimes than our speech. So Flavius, as a, as a friend, I want to say to you, good luck, my friend, and continue to do the wonderful work that you are doing. I've been asked, actually, in the, the round of producers to talk about peace, and how our civil society or institutions like yourself can bring about peace and assist in peace. It's rather interesting, actually. I've been asked so many times to speak after a litany of academics, people who are versed. As I listened today, I was extremely impressed about the presentation by the academics here and the knowledge and the history of the Maroons. And this as I was listening, I was saying to myself, what can I offer of people who have contributed and have done their research so well in knowing the, the story and knowing the history? What can I offer itself? And I'm going to address this issue about how can we bring peace and how we can we deal with peace, dealing with governments of our society. And as I said earlier on, that I have been asked so often to speak after these academics. And I, I give the same warning, and I'm going to give a warning to all the academic, academics too who presented today. Wonderful presentation. But I want to say to you, as many of your research and, and, and those historic directions that you have, have laid out is very helpful, extremely helpful. The problem with that itself, that most academics don't follow through, meaning that they've done their work, they've done their research, and they made a presentation. And I say to them, that's only half the job that has been done. What must be done in, in that region is to make sure that there are any changes in laws, regulations, what have you, that's where you follow through. That's where you take the work that you've done and address the government to talk about changes. The Maroon institution, or the Maroon class itself, need that kind of a situation with our government today Or the indigenous people all over the world, where there are things that are done, that are done in such terrible manners, I, I, I make reference to the, to the people in Canada. I've been in Canada for, for decades, nearly 50 years, and that's the job and the work and the attitude toward our First Nation people. Those who have settled on the land of the North American for years, First People, are sometimes living in the most terrible conditions. And some of the minerals and resources that some of the the, the colonel that I spoke about from different regions of the Maroons are not getting the benefit of the, the earth and the resources itself. And the neglect that government has done all across North America, especially the United States and Canada. And most of those individuals are either living in poverty, terrible conditions, in where they have to uh, develop their housing, water, 
and many other issues, education, health, are atrocious. And yet, we live in a very rich country, yet the people there are in great needs. It's the same thing as the Maroons here itself. And where they, they sat and they want changes with their government, that nothing is being done or not done fast enough. So I'm going to speak and address in that conditions of it all. But it is very important. And that's why I say to you, all the research has been done. All the talks have been done. All the cultural demonstration have shown of what the Maroons, all the black people or African people have contributed to the building of Jamaica. And yet, many are not enjoying the kind of wealth that should be done here. I heard them spoke about the minerals over the soil in which we are, that no, none of the royalties are coming to the Maroons in which to enrich their culture or to enrich their education or their health, health contribution of a city. Now, as I said, as a politician and as a minister, I found that basically we depend very much on the research that are being done in our, in our society. And what I find is the lack of the academic individuals coming forward to put fire to the feet of the politicians of what they have discovered and what they have researched. I heard today the archaeologists who spoke very eloquently about individuals or government allowing individuals to construct roadways along historical sites and burial grounds without any avail or any sort of recognition of the great people, of the African people in our country. So they're going to build roads over it or build housing over it, ignoring all of that. What is happening? Does the government itself take the maroon or the or indigenous people here seriously? I don't think they do. If they do, and if they were able to take it seriously, they will be thinking of the next election, of the consequences. So when I, when I speak of civil engagement for peace, or civil engagement for change, you must be engaged. So I give the, the challenge to Maroon and all so spread across this country that they should be so organized that when they make their confrontation, or I would say confrontation itself, to the government or presentation to the government, that they take them seriously. I would say, from what I've heard, what I've known, they have not taken you all seriously. And how can we do that? I asked you to get together again with the, all the academics and the research and to make that presentation that people around governments of all, all parties, this is not a political thing, a party thing. It's political, but not partisan. I don't care if you're a PP or jail or JLP. It doesn't really matter. Your people are still in need. And then you have the resources being researched. So get together with the academics, get the presentation going. I understand my dear introduction I got from, from Mr. Goff was wonderful. I understand he's a lawyer right in the right position in order to make sure that some of the things that are due to you are represented and presented in there. Because in Parliament, as I said to you, I love many, I've, we used to spend, as a matter of fact, as a Minister of Housing, I was spending, and I want you to listen to this carefully, I was spending, as a Minister, uh, in regards to building affordable housing, one million dollars a day 
to subsidize rent. This is how rich some of those countries are. Where we were. This is our terror. One million, not Canadian, not Jamaican million dollars now. Take your high off of that and go to the Canadian dollar, American dollar. One million dollar a day subsidizing rent. First, there are individuals who are not adequately served with affordable housing. So therefore, we have to subsidize that. So this is how rich it was. So therefore, what caused the government to address that issue? The tenants' position were screaming to the government to make strong representation. Research that were done by the academics showing the impact it was happening on the people there. That without affordable housing, the quality of life for children was down, the quality of life for immigrants who come here looking for housing was down. They cannot contribute successfully. So when they organize themselves as individuals, as I would say, a threat to the government, if you don't act, we will put our vote where it is concerned. Then they will address that. So spending $1 million a day to subsidize rent was more a political move on the, on the government side. But of course, that political move had upset some of the social needs of what people, and they were able to move on with their life. We still have that. We still have that. And I saw the demonstration here of our, our young people about the crime rates and all that. The crime rates in Toronto and Ontario is very high. I just finished a study done. And when you look into the jails, you would find 85 or 90% of the people in jail are blacks. And then when we look into the root cause of it all, it is attached not to the point of aggressiveness, and all when you feel that blacks are so conducive to crime. But what you saw was the fact of lack of affordable housing, lack of discrimination that was happening within our society, the racism that was there. We look below it there, the mental health, the mental state of our people, of the black people there, was being jeopardized. So therefore, we start addressing the root cause of that crime. We, are, we have some little success there, but we are far away from it all. We are far away from addressing the needs of the Maroons. Far away. Because there are still many who are living in poverty. The contradiction of this all is that when you go to the Maroons and ask, what can we learn from the Maroons? These are individuals, uh, these are Africans who actually went to the, the, the earth, the universe, and they engage themselves with that and adopt themselves in a manner that can be beneficial to them and to the, to the nation as a whole. And you know, I give a good example. I was driving some part in Scarborough where I represent, a very large driving. And then as I was passing by, I saw a sign saying, Real Jerk Pork Soldier. I was excited as a Jamaican. Excited to know the country and where that all came from. Nice smoked pimento jerk is going to be my dinner this evening. As I walk into the store, and respect to my other brothers there, the Chinese, I saw a Chinese boss supervising some of the ladies who are serving. And they are the one who owns the jerk 
Now tell me something. When China or Japan or anyone can serve a, a jerk pork. So what we have done, our country itself has lost its grip in itself, how we govern ourselves. So jerk is gone. And it may sound rather simple that the fact is that it's just a jerk pork, but it's a culture that is rich. Worse yet, I visited the stores. My wife and I, we would be both to the stores and we want to really cook a nice jerk. We saw jerk sauce. You know, I want to know how did they package that smoke and the pimento stuff. But they were able to package that and tell you if you buy this and sprinkle on your chicken, you are jerk chicken. We have lost, sometimes we lose our culture there. The same way as you would say as an inhabitant of the land, that you're sitting on the land and you won't get your royal worth out of it. Royal worth, I mean, the fact is if you're on this land and you own it, you owned it, the fact is that if there is oil or whatever mineral below that oil, of course, the government has a right to come in and dig for it. But the other part of it all is that whoever lives on that land should get a royalty for part of that of his soul. Talking about bauxite, I don't know how many people have been, uh, who have been getting compensation for the bauxite land that they were. They were more or less kicked off by Alpen and Alpart, and then, then the bauxite is sold for a penny a ton afterwards. These are subtle things that are self. The reason they, that could be done, and the abuse can be done, is because the representation of our people are limited. The representation of the Maroons, the representation of the Black, and those who are not considered seriously can be taken for granted. So you can be pushed off the land, you've got no compensation for it. And this is what my, one of my colleagues here, one of the colonel, was talking about. Where is the compensation of the royalty for the, for the minerals or the wealth of the land that I sat on? But I fought for that we all today, the reason why Alcan, Alpar, Reynolds, all of those are enjoying bauxite and we're able to do business here because of the struggles of the individuals of like the Maroons and indigenous people that are there who have fought for it and yet they will come and go and the fact is that not a penny is given to those people who have fought so well for it. So I go back to my academic friends. When you see this happening and you research that and what I'm talking about, I'm speaking from research that I've seen. When you've seen that, it is incumbent upon you to go to the government and say, listen, your laws must be changed because this is the highway robbery that you're doing to our people and this is the, what is due to us and you're not guessing it or spinning your yarns around the place. You've done a research and it's, the facts are there. Today, we look at places like Mandeville. I remember when Bauxite came about, we said this is the answer to all middle class now can all live there in a beautiful place and we all can share. Even though we kicked out some of the expatriates who are living there and from, from the countries of Canada, United States, and Germany, wherever they were from, replacing them was like actually what Franz Fanon said, black face, white mask. So the fact is that your brothers who are sitting there are behaving just like the colonials itself. 
but the law and the research stand the same. We are not getting anything from it all. Peace. How can we get peace then? Peace can only be done if we done. And the fact is that I will touch a little bit on history. If you notice the language that is used in all rebellions or so, if we if we ever ever speak any time of any resistance, those who want to take over land, those who want to take over culture, those who want to deprive us of education, they say you're creating a revolution. And you say, no, I'm having a resistance to what you're doing towards us. We will not allow this. This is a revolution. So you're illegal. So they can come after you, and then you, cannot, you lose your rights itself. So the fact is that one has to stand up for one's right in a sense that is well researched through the law and through the government. You must engage. You cannot sit back and say, I want to be alone in this circle. And I with all respect to my great brother who said, I want our own police, our own this, to can't afford it. You will never afford your own police. You'll never, because this land is your land, as I said, God gave this land to me. You have a right here than anyone as anyone else. So we can do that. So therefore we must make sure that when we make our presentation, we will be engaged because that government you see here is your government. It's not the government here and I'm here. It's your government. And the only way you're going to make it your government, the only way you make it your government is unless you engage yourself. The only way you can bring peace about God is to be engaged. The only way you can bring about peace is to make sure you vote. And the only way you can do that is to make demands of the, of the minerals that are belonging to us all to share. Without doing that, what you're going to have is poverty, you're going to have riots, you're going to have all kind of unsettling situation in our society. And that until we do that, as I said, I will not touch all the research I'm hearing. I was so edified today when I've heard all of this knowledge. I've never got so much knowledge in one day as I sat here all day listening to that and said, wow, I got it from the dancing, I got it from the food, I got it from the, present, the academic presentation, I got it all over. But still yet, where are we? Nowhere. Until we organize ourselves in a manner that they take us seriously. And they, unless the government, my government, your government, takes us seriously. Today, and I will show it now too, I don't see one member of parliament here, unless I miss them, I don't know them. I haven't seen them. So is that the world stop because of that? This is serious stuff. This is very serious stuff about the life of people who are being deprived of anyway. I've not seen anyone here. If it was a different situation, a different people, you would find them very, very much here. He would send a representation to say, yes, we want to hear it, we'll hear you seriously. Peace cannot be done unless we are fully engaged. But through our resistance, we demand respect. Through our resistance, we want to protect our culture. Through resistance, we will teach peace. And until, they can, until the individuals itself can find you seriously, you will continue to be in perpetual poverty, perpetual searching for minerals and royalties from the land that belongs to you and being ignored. Let me make one more example internationally. Israel, the Jews had no land, as they would say. And what they have done today, 
is declaring themselves where they want to be. And then you have thousands of people, millions of people, supporting the cause of Israel, funding it. The world takes them seriously. I'm not going to go into the pros and the cons. The world takes them seriously. So they get money, they get representation, but in the meantime, they've educated themselves, they make sure that people are educated, they make sure that people are heard, they make sure that the government, they're in the face of the government. So my friends, there's no way you can have peace unless you're engaged, unless you have the civil engagement. So, and just wrapping up, I just want to say to you, I want to thank you so much for having me here, listening to my ranting, and, and, and all that, and, this, and giving such great presentation. God bless you, and as one of she, I'm sure, sure she should have said, Wow, good, my child. Wow, good. Yes, yes. Dr. Curley, thank you so very much, sir. Thank you so far. I just give this token of appreciation. Right, it's from the Jamaica Tourist Board, which we have filled with love from the charge of our Thank you very much.